Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Don't you just love Jesus? <laughs> I love songs about Jesus. I love singing about his strength. I love singing about your love, Lord, but I love just to think about how powerful you are. And that every battle that we can face, Lord, you're fighting for us. So we thank you today that you are faithful and that you are the Lion of Judah. We thank you today that you're, um, that you're here to shift things and to change things. So if you came in here today and you don't want to leave the same, will you just, with an expression from your heart, will you just tell him that today? Just acknowledge that to him today. Lord, I want to leave here different. I want to have met you. I want to have shifted things in my life according to what you're saying to me. Lord, that's our prayer in here today. If that's you, say, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for these guys one more time. We're so thankful for you. Mm. Y'all can be seated. I, I almost feel like we should have had like a team up here, you know, doing the stomp thing. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. All right. Well, we are continuing our series <clears throat> today. Let me get that frog out before I joke on him. <clears throat> know how he got in there. Continue our, our series today in Ephesians, our glory series. This is our last Sunday in the series, by the way. I know, it's so sad, right? But it gets better from here because it's still the year of glory, even though the series is ending. Um, happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. We're celebrating freedom and fathers this weekend. I'm so thankful for my dad and uh, stepdad and my father-in-law and all the men in my life who have been a spiritual father. Come on, are you thankful for them? Yeah. The world's not the same without fathers. And um, I, I hope I measure up to be half the, the man, the father that these men in my life have proven to be for me. Uh, before I jump into the message today, I, I want to let us know, there you go, if you couldn't read your Bible before, you can now. <laughs> Prayer is happening this Wednesday at 7 p.m. in this room. Come, uh, come pray with us. In lieu of summer groups this summer, uh, we're doing two big connecting events. We're calling them Family Days. One is next Sunday after church at Forsyth Park on the 26th. We're just going to uh, dismiss service and go buy Burger King or go bring your, bring your picnic basket to church or whatever that looks like and meet us down at Forsyth Park. Bring your own stuff. We're just going to have a great time out there just playing games and connecting with each other. Real laid back, okay? So when's that happening? Next, Next Sunday. Okay, great. And then uh, July the 30th, we're doing the same thing at Tybee. That's going to be on a Saturday from like 11 to 3, and that's going to be a great, a great day. Um, are y'all excited about that? If you are a youth or you have uh, kids that are ages 6th through 12th grade, they're, they're doing a summer, planning a summer uh, retreat in the mountains. Come on. Like, like, I'll pretend like I'm a teenager to go on that one. Uh, North Georgia hiking trip. Um, the cost is going to be $125 per 
person, and we're going to be sending out a link to sign up for that, to register for that this week. And as always, if you want to sponsor a kid for any kind of camp thing we do during the summer, like this retreat, that's always an option. So see Leah about that. And um, big announcement today after at the end of service. Big news, great news. I'm so excited about it, but I'm not going to do it now because I want you to listen to me the whole time. And so you got to, <laughs> I might just slip it in there at any moment. Okay. So, and then at the end, we have the privilege uh, of praying for Adam and Andrea Hooper up here. Um, they are starting their sabbatical this week, which is just a time of rest and reset for them. They've been at this thing for five years. It's time to sit down a little bit and and uh, get refreshed. And so we're going to be able to pray for them and send them out on their sabbatical this week. And I'll talk about more, uh, more about that at the end of service. But let's jump into the message today. It's going to be a quick one. Everybody say, yeah, right. So turn to Ephesians uh, or pull it up on your uh, Bible app. And we're, we're starting. I'm going to overlap where Lauren left off last week. Come on. Was that not an awesome word last week? So thankful for that. Um, Lauren does such an awesome job. She's a great communicator. And it's real. You're just real. And that's what makes it, um, that's what makes it so powerful and anointed. So I'm overlapping on a verse that she read last week, verse 18 of chapter 6 in Ephesians. And I want to talk about today how to stay in the fight. In this letter to the Ephesian church, Paul is concluding his letter with these verses. And he's, you know, I just look at it as like, a, okay, there's glory in, in the church. There's glory in our identity. There's glory in the home. There's glory in, our, uh, in, in the battle that we've been talking about. And so this is kind of an extension of that glory in the battle thing. And I want to encourage you today to just stay in the fight. And I want to declare over you like I did two weeks ago or last week or whenever that was for the last two weeks, you will be the ones who stand with everybody falling all around us to our right and our left. You will be the ones who stand if you're standing in the strength of the Lord. And so I want to just lean into this just a little bit more today, staying in the fight. How do we stay in the fight? And I see three things. I see prayer. I see humility and I see perseverance. So let's just read what Paul says in verse 18, chapter 6. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. To bring you up to date, Tychicus of Tychicus will give you a full report about what I'm doing and how I'm getting along. He's a beloved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. So now you can say you've been blessed by the Apostle Paul this morning because that word's for us too. So there's three things I see in staying in the fight. Number one is prayer. Everybody say prayer. So let's just lean into that first phrase in verse 18. Paul says, pray in the spirit. 
pray in the spirit. Now, depending on what background you come from, that might mean all kind of different things. But um, I read a book years ago when I first started um, really exploring just more of God. Honestly, I had, I had settled for just kind of a, um, knowing that I was going to heaven when I died. Come on. And how many know there's much more in the kingdom? And so I started just seeking God with all my heart and pouring through scripture to, to, to just figure out, okay, what, am I, what do I not know? What am I not currently experiencing of God that, um, that he wants me to? And I prayed this prayer, and you've heard me say this if you've known me for any length of time. I, I pray that, and I still pray this. God, I want all you have for me, nothing more, nothing less. I mean, you know, we can fall in a ditch on either side of the road. And so when I, was, when I started really just seeking God and particularly just the, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I was scared to death because I was like, I've seen this, God. I've seen people, I've heard stories about how people go off the deep end and spiritual stuff and all that. And I don't want to be that person. And I felt like he spoke to my heart one day and he said, do you trust me with your life? <laughs> if you'll stay humble, Gunner, and you'll keep seeking me, I can pull you out of a ditch if you get in one. And so it kind of took the, the whole caution thing off. I'm all for being wise and using wisdom, but I don't know that caution is for believers. I think we're to boldly run where God is running. And where he's calling us. And, and he's big enough if we stay humble, if we stay connected, he can correct us. And so that's what was going on in my life at the time. And I read a book by Arthur Wallace. It's called Pray in the Spirit. And I love his, um, his perspective on this, that pray in the Spirit doesn't mean just one thing. It can encompass uh, uh, several things. You can apply this phrase, pray in the Spirit, many ways. And so it could be praying without words in your heart, right? You ever heard a preacher say, just pray it right now in your heart, right there where you are. This praying in the Spirit is this thing, it's not, it's not audible. You're not speaking out loud. It's there. And I, I love that thing. Paul says, pray without ceasing. That happens all the time. You know, when you're just like in Walmart or in Target and you're like, you're not talking out loud so people think you're crazy, but you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying in here. Nobody knows it's happening, but it's the words are forming in your mind or maybe even just the groan is happening in your heart and you're praying. And it can look like that. It can also look like praying out loud in tune with the Spirit. So pray in the Spirit. It's kind of like praying with the Spirit, capital S, okay? You're like, not just shotgun prayer, but your sniper prayer. Like, what it, God, what is on your heart? And I'm praying back to you what's on your heart. I love that what we do on prayer night on, on every other Wednesday, second and fourth Wednesday. We don't just shotgun prayer. God, help so-and-so, so No, we, we, we listen to what he's saying. And we write it on a whiteboard and then we go after what he says. And it all, con it all like connects, like the connect the dots. It's really cool. If you've never prayed in a group like that, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. But there's praying in tune with the Holy Spirit. And then the one I really want to lean into just for a little bit today is praying in the Spirit as praying in your spiritual language, a.k.a. tongues. Now, some of y'all getting real excited right now, amped about that. And some of y'all like, uh-oh. And so what I'm going to do, I'm gonna, the rest of this message will be in tongues. So I'll need an interpreter to, I just play, 
I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, I brought my friend today. Please, God, no, don't go there. All right. So I love, I just want to lean into this a little bit. And it's, for some of you, it's like, that's my life, man. This is what I grew up with. Some of us are like, I don't know about all that. And I'm honestly, I, I came from a uh, background where I didn't know about all that. And um, got to college and read some books and hang out, hung out with some people that told me that stuff wasn't even for today. That that was for Bible times and things like prophecy and tongues and, um, and miracles and healing and signs and wonders and things like that. All those gifts kind of got stuck back in history. All the other ones kind of got through that filter somehow. And so actually what I believe is that all of them are for today. It's just that we've seen some crazy and we don't want to go crazy. So we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't do that. Just wherever there is a, a error, we don't throw it out. We bring correction. And so maybe that's what this is today for somebody is just to see like a balanced view of what the gift of tongues actually looks like. And so let's just keep going. I love some translations actually say in some of the gifts list in Paul's writings, they say when he talks about tongues, there's, there's one instance where he says various tongues. Everybody say various. various. There is more than one uh, expression of this gift in Scripture. Everybody points to Acts chapter 2. And we say, well, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it said they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They came out of a room. There was a mighty wind. The wind wasn't for the benefit of the people in the room. It was for the people on the outside. Have you read that? Did you remember? Do you know that? They heard a sound. A community heard a sound and ran to where the sound was and then they came out and then they had another sign to draw them in. And it was people who aren't from where they lived speaking their language. So what you have in the environment is a, a feast of Passover and all the Jews from different uh, uh what they call the diaspora, the, 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 where they've been spread out all over the nations, have come on a pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem, and they speak all kind of languages. And here they are, they hear the sound, they come running, and then the people, the, the disciples, the ones that were in the upper room that were filled with the Holy Spirit, are now talking about the great things of God in a language that they understand. And so that's the first expression of the gift in Scripture. It is a foreign language. It is a legitimate uh, human language. And I believe personally that the disciples at that time, they didn't know what the heck they were saying. There was an overflow of what God had done in them. And they were just probably thinking, I am crazy right now. I don't know what they were thinking. All they know is that I cannot, I cannot contain what is happening on the inside. And when people heard it, they said, wait a minute. How does he know my language? This must be God. Let me lean in. So let me just take a time out and say every gift of the Holy Spirit is a sign to help us lean into the main thing. There is no gift, especially tongues, because we want to make it this way. That's the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. Okay, it's like that exit sign back there. It, the, the, I don't go through that exit sign. I go through the door, but the sign tells me where the door is. 
Okay, same thing with any gift of the Holy Spirit, including this one. And so that's what happened on the day of Pentecost was that they saw the sign where the door was. And then they said, what is going on? These people drunk in the middle of the day? I mean, what is happening? Is these people crazy? And then Peter stands up and he says, let me tell you what's going on. And he gives this beautiful gospel of the kingdom presentation. And people say, what do we need to do to be saved? And then 3,000 people were added to the church that day. So I think we can make tongues the main thing and make it a classification system in the body of Christ. That's wrong. But I think if we throw it out, we're dishonoring a very beautiful gift that God used to bring 3,000 souls on the first day of the church. That's the gift he used. That's what he chose to use. It is the most offensive. <laughs> so it shouldn't be surprising that Jesus would do that. So we see tongues as a foreign language. We see um, tongues with interpretation. We read uh, Paul's writing to the first Corinthians, I mean, to the Corinthians in first Corinthians 14. And he says in a meeting where unbelievers are present, he's just trying to establish order because the Corinthians were just, <laughs> they were just doing whatever they wanted to. And he said, look, you got people coming in here, don't even know Jesus. They're not ready for all this. And y'all, you're not even speaking English. What good are y'all doing? Let's bring it down a notch, okay? Let me just tell you how to do this in a meeting. And so that's what he's bringing. He's not, he's not prescribing. He's, he, well, he's, he's fixing something. He's bringing correction to the church. And so there is this thing of where someone can give a message in tongues. That's what was going on. And he says, look, you can't just, just do that without someone having that gift of interpretation to interpret what they're saying. Whether it was actual language or whether it was spiritual language with a spiritual interpretation or not, Paul says, don't, it's not a free-for-all. Let's honor those that are among us and let's, let's bring our liberty into our humility and honor those that might not be where we are in, in this journey with Jesus. And so he gives that, he gives that correction to the church. I've, I've, heard, I've, I've never experienced, because um, this could be like for an actual language, and I, I've never experienced that, like someone speaking in a tongue and then someone know. Now, I've heard of it like on the mission field, like in, in other nations, where especially where there's no, um, they've never heard the gospel before. I, I, I know uh, someone in my family uh, went to the, Crimea to, to Russia when the Iron Curtain fell. They were, they were some of the first people to come in there. And, um, and my family member said he stood up and he was preaching in English to Russians who are actually in the Ukraine, I think, who some of them spoke English, but some didn't. But he was, that's all he knew. They didn't have an interpreter, so he just went with it and said that someone comes up and says, hey, they just gave their Lord their, their life to Christ and they heard you preaching in Russian. Wow. Now that, that one will warp your brain right there. Like you're speaking English, but somehow it gets translated to Willy Wonka bar in the air. <laughs> and when it hits your ear, it hits your in, in your heart language. That's beautiful to me. 
I, I personally never seen it with my eyes, but that, that's amazing. That's awesome. And then there's tongues as praise and prayer. And this particular way doesn't need an interpretation. Uh, you know, the, the problem that, that I always had was, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Woo, woo, woo. Tongues police on the scene. Put the tape out. <laughs> what about interpretation? Well, in certain, certain environments, yes. But this particular version of, of these various tongues is prayer language or praise. And it's, we found it in 1 Corinthians 14, 15 through 16. Uh, we find it in Romans 8, 26. There's a hint at it. Paul says this in Romans. He says in this, or whoever wrote Romans, I think it was Paul. There's some debate. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. No, I'm right. Paul did write Romans. It's Hebrews that were... I get those mixed up. Tongues, uh, let me see where I'm at. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Or groans that cannot be expressed. I believe that there is an expression for that groan. And I believe that's what tongues is. And I'll just tell you my story. Um, I was, like I said, I was leaning into the Lord and the things of the Spirit and all that stuff and studying spiritual gifts in the Bible and studying tongues. It wasn't like, I, honestly, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like the way I grew up, it was just non-existent. I mean, at my granny's church, but those were those people, you know what I'm saying? And I just didn't know. And so I didn't really, I wasn't really wanting to. I just, I literally, the, the cry of my heart was, God, I want everything you want for me. Nothing more, nothing less. So I trust you with that. And so I'm studying and I'm, I'm asking and I'm, I'm praying into it. Where are my Alabama people in here? If you've ever been to Enterprise, Alabama before, the home of the bold weevil, just ask one of them the story of the boll weevil sometime. Got a monument downtown with a, a lady holding a bug in the air. But there's a, there's a purpose for it. But anyway, I was on boll weevil circle, which is the highway that, that surrounds Enterprise. And um, I was driving around the circle one day and I came to the red light, Joe Collision Center over here. And, um, and I just remember I was praying and I could not, you ever feel like you're praying and you just hit a wall? But it's not that thing of, God, are you listening to me? No, it's like, I can't say what's on my heart. Like, I don't even have words for it. Like, there's a burden. I don't know what to pray in this instance. I don't remember what I was praying for at the time. But I remember thinking, I'm just hitting against a wall. And then I just, out of the blue, I thought of Romans 8, 26, where the Spirit makes intercession for us and groanings that can't be expressed. And I thought, Lord, okay. Well, I'm just going to like help just put that burden on you then. You know, this is my thought of like, okay, that's still not helping. Like, <laughs> I know you're praying for me and helping me pray, but like, I still, I'm, I'm hitting this wall. And then the thought occurred to me, just, just popped in my head for, for a millisecond. Maybe this is what tongues is for. Maybe this is what spiritual language is for. And this is so unspiritual what I'm about to say. And some of it's going to set you free in here because you've only seen it one way. But I, I literally said, okay, well, I'm going to try it. <laughs> and 
I, I felt like an idiot. And I felt like I was embarrassed and I was the only person in the car. I was embarrassing myself. And I was sitting at the red light. And I'm like looking over like. And um, it felt really awkward. And then it began to flow. And I, all I know to describe it is this. That burden had somewhere to go now. And it's just as simple as that. It wasn't this flash in the sky, miraculous thing. It was me just trying it. And it's like someone just unkinked a water hose and it just began to flow. And the burden on my heart that had no expression before now had an expression. And it just, I'll tell you this, and I'm, I'm almost getting, I'm getting emotional right now because I know that I know there's so much misunderstanding. Some of y'all real, right now in this room and maybe watching online are like, I just don't know. <laughs> like I'm hearing you, Gunner, but I just don't know about this. I have, I have such, there is such a beauty in this for me. Because I've been to some seasons, through some seasons of my life that haven't been pretty. And this gift, this grace, this beautiful gift that God's given us has come to me and helped me through some really, really hard times. There are times when I have had to speak with some of you and you've just lost someone you love or you're going through something and I honestly, I don't know what you're about to tell me. Because if you come to the, I was telling somebody this morning, if you come to the pastor... That's kind of the last stop. You know what I'm saying? God's got to intervene here, you know? That's how we think sometimes. <laughs> and so, so, honestly, some of y'all have been on the way to your house or been on the way to coffee, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to walk into. I don't know what kind of problem I might have to try to counsel somebody through. God, I need you. And I will begin speaking in my prayer. I will be praying in a language that I don't know. And I'm telling you, I don't understand this. It sounds crazy but it clears the air and all the fog just clears away. And there's an expression and it's almost like I can just directly connect with God's heart. It's beautiful and it's helpful. And so in this room today, if you've used it as this, well, I speak in tongues. <laughs> if you've been private about it, shut that down. Stop seeing other people through the lens of how spiritual they are because they have a gift or not, if they have a gift or not. Don't do that anymore. Shut that down in your life. It's pride. It's entitlement. It's bad. But if you've held these things at arm's length because you're like, that's just too weird, I hope today maybe from somebody who thought the same thing that has benefited from this beautiful gift that God's given, maybe you'll be more open to it. And I would encourage you to just ask. Paul said, do all speak in tongues? No. That ought to set you free too. It's not a marker that you're trying to get to to become somebody. What is it? A preacher said one time, uh, tongues doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It's, it's, this, it's the only gift that you can actually encourage yourself with. So ask him and then it may not be a flash from heaven. It might, be, it might just be, 
I'm just going to act in faith on what I've asked for. And that's what I did in the car on the Bull Weevil Circle. So there's your challenge today. That was my longest point. The next two will be short. The next thing I see is humility. Paul says this in verse 19, and pray for me too. Now we can skip over that or we can really lean into who's actually saying that. The apostle Paul is saying, I need you. I need your prayers of faith. Paul was humble enough with all that he'd been through, with all that he'd experienced. I mean, some of us, I'm just telling you, if I think it was Paul, right, wiped the sweat with a handkerchief and then it touched somebody and healed them. Some of y'all be like, y'all, I'm starting my ministry. Where's my website? <laughs> Let me get my website going. Donate button, you know. See how, many, see, many, see how much ministry I could build right here. No, Paul says, I need you. And I'm willing to say, I'm sitting over here in prison right now. He was actually writing the book of Ephesians in Rome in prison. He said, I'm in chains right now preaching this good news. He says, I need your prayers. He knew he needed people. He knew he needed God. I tell you right now, you look at me. Pride says, I can do this myself. Humility says, I need you. I need you, God, and I need the people that you've put in my life to strengthen me. I need to hear a little bit more amen than that. Do you believe it? Live it out. Live like it. And then the last thing is perseverance. Paul says in verse 20, I'm in chains right now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep speaking boldly for him as I should. Like I said, he's literally in chains in prison. And he knew, Here's, this is Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says, pray for me that I will keep going. Talk about staying in the fight. Paul is reaching the end of his life and he's writing these letters to the church. He wants to make sure that these churches are informed of their identity, of the glory that lives inside of them. Ephesians, you got glory in you. Live it out. Ephesians, you, there could be glory in your home and in your, in your workplace and everywhere you go. This is who you are. Stay in the fight. There's glory even in the battle. And he's saying with such humility, but with this perseverance of, hey, you know what? I'm sitting in prison and the temptation is there to quit. This is a man who was stoned and they thought he was dead, but he wasn't. And he got back up. Don't you think he was tempted to quit? And man, we get a, we get a text, a little snappy text, and we just fall apart. You know? Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. This inspires me. And, and I, I have this practice. I'll do two things when I get discouraged. Just window into the life of Gunner real quick. I do two things when I get encouraged. I pray in the spirit, like I said, but I look through 
prophecies and encouragement. If you've ever sent me an encouraging text, I've got it on this phone in a folder. <laughs> and I, sometimes I, I look back through those texts and those words and I just encourage myself. Don't wait on somebody to call me and, and, and pat me on the back. <laughs> I look back at what already God has already said and I look back at what you've encouraged me with, and I'm encouraged. And more often than not, I walk away from having looked through that folder on my phone. I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay. On the really bad days, you know what I do? There's a number of missionaries that I think have just paid just the ultimate price to follow Jesus. And I'll go listen to them speak. I'll pull them up on YouTube. And I'll read stories about having been beaten and shot and in prison for six years and still faithful. And that'll change your perspective. And this encourages me to hear Paul say, hey, pray for me. Pray that I'll keep going. Pray that I'll stay faithful. Pray that I'll finish my assignment. Pray that I'll finish my calling. I mean, if Paul needs it, I need it. And you need it. So stay in the fight. Don't give up. Don't let up. Don't shut up. Don't put up until you are done. It is not over to the fat lady sings. It's not over. Somebody told me one time, I feel like God has put me on the shelf. This is a, a minister. Been in ministry for years. He said, I feel like God's put me on the shelf. I feel like he's done with me. And... It's harder for someone who's under someone to bring like a challenging word, you know, like, but I said, if you were done, it wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't even know you were on the shelf if God was done with you. So some of y'all need to believe that about your calling, your assignment on your life. It may look bleak. It may look discouraging. You may be a mama that's Change more diapers than you could ever count, and you just wore out. But I'm going to tell you, stay in the fight. Your marriage might not look real nice right now. Your finances might not look real promising. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Amen. That's the message. <laughs> okay. So, who's ready for some big news? All right, so I, I'm going to read something that I sent our lead team a couple weeks ago. How I many know we we make we create spaces for people to encounter God as a father, discover their identity, fulfill their purpose. That's what we do. We make room for God. We, his presence is priority. We want to be a people that carry His presence for the sake of the world, to see a city transformed. Right? That's who we are. Y'all know this. Y'all heard this, right? We make room for people. We literally make room for people. And uh, we literally want to honor people, no matter where they are on the journey with God. They're valuable. They're made in God's image. And if I, I, if I can recognize Jesus in them, I can honor them, no matter how they're acting. That's a whole word for somebody. Okay. And the final thing is we make room for more. We want to raise up people. We want, we want to invest in the next generation. 
You've heard me say this a few times over the past few months. It's like, it's time to invest in the next generation. It's time to put our money where our mouth is. It's time to put our feet where we're talking about. If we make room for more, then what does that look like? It looks like preparing in anticipation for a day that hasn't come yet. It looks like investing in the next generation. I heard this statement, Erwin McManus, I'm not sure where he got it, but I heard it in a podcast a few weeks ago. It says, the future doesn't happen to us. The future happens through us. We're just waiting on whatever God's got. No, like the future doesn't happen to us. The, the future happens through us. We get to dream and partner with God and make it happen. And so we're taking some big steps right now as a church. We're taking some big steps to take new ground with him. We're putting our vision and values uh, to action. We're not just talking about it. We're taking steps to be who we say we are. So the big news is this. We are adding a staff member at the Dwelling Church, and it's going to be a kids pastor. And so what this, what this looks like is a person who is called to kids ministry, who has given their life to pour into the next generation, that has a vision for this house, that has a heart for this house and what we're going after, and uh, is going to be able to build the children's ministry, the kids' ministry, that's going to be what the Lord uses to sustain what he's doing in this house. I mean, no, if we're not pouring in the next generation, we're not living out our core values. And so making room for more is hiring this uh, kids pastor. And I would like to introduce to you, let's get that picture up. This is Brandon and Mode Davis. Some of you guys have met them and uh, they're awesome people. Brandon uh, has been serving in kids ministry, uh, very capable. The capacity leader that he is, is amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be great him being here and being built, building our uh, kids team. And Mode is awesome too. And uh, I'm excited that they're going to be a part of our house and, and, uh, and just building this thing. Come on, pioneers. That's kind of what we do around here. We just pioneer. And these guys are that. And so, um, yeah, they are moving from Boston. Pray for them in this heat, y'all. <laughs> moving from Boston this next week. And, uh, and we'll actually be, Brandon will be starting in three weeks um, as kid pastor here at the dwelling. So let me tell you, let me tell you why that's possible. That's possible because of your faithfulness to serve and build into the next generation in kids. It's because of your faithfulness to give. Everything that we're doing, we're gonna always be looking forward. It's not about maintenance. It's about moving forward. And so um, I wanna honor somebody real quick. Where you at, Christina? Come on up here. I wonder who that was back there in the corner. Y'all give it up for Christina Spell. I'm going to make you preach too. No, I'm just kidding. So Christina has, um, when we moved into this building after COVID, uh, pretty much all the ministry of the church, um, minus a live stream, had pretty much been shut down for months, right? 
And, um, <clears throat> and there was a season of, you know, people who used to be a part of the church. It's just, you know, it was a, it was a different season for, for all of us. And a lot of people didn't come back when church got going again. And that's okay. But Christina, I asked Christina, Christina, I need somebody to build this kids, kids ministry back up. And Christina said, yes. And she said, but this is not where I'm supposed to be forever. Okay. Like she put that caveat in there. And so I just want to honor you, Christina, in front of everybody in the way that you've built this kids team. Yeah. So thankful. And culture is the most important thing to me. Like, it don't matter what we're doing. If we're not doing it the right way in the right heart, we don't need to be doing it. Christina has built such a joy, peaceful, servant attitude culture in that kids team. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for all the times that I don't even know about that you're just scrambling to make schedules every week and trying to make it happen so that we can actually have a space back there for our kids. Come on, let's give it up one more time for Christina. And Christina's still gonna be serving the kids, by the way because we need her back there. And so, um, yeah, that said, hey, we're building. It's time to build. And so um, we, we need people to, to, uh, to jump in on the kids' team. We're going to start a first through fifth elementary class. Where are my first through fifth graders in here? Some of them couldn't even sit in here. I'm going to out in the lobby. But we got to start. A, we, gotta, they, we create spaces for people, little people too. There's no junior Holy Spirit, right? All right, so that's good news. I'm, are y'all happy about that? I'm happy. I'm pumped about it. All right, so how we want to close out today is I want us to, uh, as a family, as a church family, to pray for the Hoopers. Y'all come on up here too. Why don't y'all get down here? And um, Andrew, won't you want to share something? Okay. <laughs> okay, so Sabbath... Um, we went through a series of, of the way of Jesus and Sabbath is one of those essential things. Sabbath's not an old covenant thing. Sabbath rest is something that we're experiencing in Jesus now. But how many know everybody needs a day off? And if you're not taking a day off, you're going to get real tired, okay? So we take that concept of Sabbath as one day of the week where we're not working, we're not trying to strive to accomplish anything, we're getting refreshed, we're enjoying the Lord, and we're doing something that gives us life. Well, we're extending that into something called sabbatical, okay? So the term sabbatical is the same thing as Sabbath, but it's just a longer period of time for rest and refreshment. And so as a house, this is what we're going to be able to do for Adam and Andrea. And you know why we're getting able to, or being able to do this? Because you guys serve. And you guys, you're serving on a team and you're making it happen every single week. And, um, and it's going to give them a space to get the rest that they need. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. 
And so I want to get, I'm going to hurt my, I'm going to hurt myself one of these days doing this. Y'all have to pray for healing over me. Um, that's right, Dan. Power's in the tongue, right? All right. Um, so in, upon their absence, which is almost three months, that's a good time. That's a good rest. Um, Lauren Ionato is going to be actually stepping in, into the role that Adam plays. So come on, stand up, Lauren, so they can see. This, this is Lauren. Um, and so during this time, I want to say this without sounding ugly, okay? Don't call them about nothing, okay? Come on. <laughs> Just play like they don't exist for no, no, no. <laughs> But don't, don't, what we want to do is take that pressure, take that, yeah. that, that whole deal off of, of carrying leadership and carrying things that they carry, and we want to do that for them, yeah. all right? So Lauren, just call Lauren Big Bug Lauren, <laughs> or me, okay? Um, so what, what we want to do, and if it's okay with everybody, I just want us to all come up and just pray for them, okay? So just gather around them. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.